Welcome to our weekend service. How are you doing? Have some of you gone back to full work? I'm still doing half, working from home as well as working in our church office. I noticed one thing, the jams have restarted. And you know what? We in the leadership team, Pastor Chu and I and the pastors, we're really preparing ourselves to welcome you back to church again. Yeah, type on the chat line. Hooray, we get to come back together again. Today, I'm going to be sharing from Nehemiah chapter 3. And I've chosen to entitle my sermon, The Walls Have Fallen, inspired by the film, London Has Fallen. The book of Nehemiah and Ezra is truly a pivotal point in Israel's history. After 70 years of captivity, the Jews come back, the remnant, and rebuild the temple. And now Nehemiah is inspired to build the walls of Jerusalem. Three things were in his heart even as he went forward to do this enormous task, and he succeeded it in 52 days. And there are three words that I want us to look at. He was inspired by vision. Why don't you say with me, inspired by vision. But vision by itself is not enough. There was a passion that came into him. Everybody say passion. I know you're saying Pastor Li Chiu has a lot of passion. Yeah, passion is important. And passion is what fuels the vision. But it was completed, and we will see it in Nehemiah chapter 3, through cohesion. So let's ask ourselves, what is vision? Why did Nehemiah need a vision before he could even move forward? Proverbs 23 tells us, without vision, the people perish, or the people cast off restraint. Look at it in the message version, and I'm going to read it to you in the message version. So turn with me to your Bibles. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. What is vision? A God vision is when God gives us, tells us what he is about to do or what is happening or what is he doing. And that is really important when the walls were falling in Jerusalem's time, and people came and told Nehemiah, the walls have fallen, the gates are burned. He cannot just go into a frenzy. He needed to spend time with God. And even as he spent time with God in prayer for four months, he saw a vision. He began to see that God was doing something. And then he began to understand why God was about to do something. Vision is needed in a moment of confusion. Even as we think about us in COVID-19, so many things have happened and we cannot make sense of it. And that is why in the whole season of COVID-19, God began to speak to me about vision. I must know what he is about to do. But as I said, vision by itself is insufficient. He must be fueled by passion. What is passion? Passion is knowing the why behind the what. That is why when Nehemiah heard about the fallen walls. He was passionate about it. He's a very passionate man. He went into prayer, into fasting, into weeping, into tears. And even as he did that, he caught the passion of God for Jerusalem. What is the passion of God for Jerusalem? Look at Isaiah 62 verse 1, and I'm going to read from the NLT version. Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a noonday sun. What is so special 
about Jerusalem. Jerusalem to the Jews is called the city of the great king. What does it mean, the city of the great king? Because Jerusalem was God's standard of righteousness, of right and wrong. That is why in that verse says, until her righteousness shines like the dawn. God had made Jerusalem a standard by which nations would govern, right and wrong ways of government. And salvation comes to a nation when nations know how to do that which is right and how to do that which is wrong. And so when the walls of Jerusalem are fallen and the gates of Jerusalem are burned, it meant that the standard of God of right and wrong, of law and order had fallen. And that is why until a nation is restored back to knowing what is right and wrong, the nation cannot be saved. That is what seized Nehemiah's heart. When he saw that, he was filled with passion. He began to be passionate that he must go back to rebuild these walls. So what about us? I'm reminded of this verse in Psalm 11, verse 3. In the NIV, it says, when the foundations are fallen, what can the righteous do? Now, let me read it to you in another version, in NLT. And we're going to say this together. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. Now I'm going to give it to you in a message version. It comes closer to home. The bottoms dropped out of the country. Good people don't have a chance. But this is the vision. God hasn't moved to the mountains. His holy address hasn't changed. He's in charge as always. His eyes taking everything in. Do you know when we look at the state of our nation, when we look at what's happening in the world, we really feel like the bottom's dropping out. What on earth is all this about? And that is why we need to ask ourselves the same question. And God is the one that's going to tell us what it's all about. It's about the gold standard that has fallen. You know, in my time, in the COVID-19 time, I was reading about the temple and the temple is all, everything's made in gold. Did you know even the nails were made of gold? And I was like thinking, what on earth is all this about? And God says, why is the temple made with gold? Indeed, why is heaven paved with streets of gold? And then he drew me to an understanding, the gold standard. Now, we all know that the American currency long, long ago was pegged to the gold standard. It was only in 1933, in the time of the Great Depression, that Franklin D. Roosevelt began to unpack the dollar from the gold standard because he needed to solve the economic woes of the Great Depression. By 1971, Nixon completely abolished the gold standard. So today, the American dollar is printed as much as you like and use it. It's called fiat money, when there's no gold standard or no absolute value attached to it. Why is the gold standard so important? Why must we be passionate that the walls of this gold standard has fallen? What is the gold standard? I give you four things. The first is this, the value of right and wrong. And so today we hear all about human rights, but how can you know what to do what is right 
until you know what is right and what is wrong. So that is why if there is no gold standard, everybody sets the standard. That is why the anguish of God's heart, as you see the chaos in the world, is that everyone has set the gold standard. So what is God asking us to rebuild? Rebuild back right and wrong, truth and falsehood, error from truth, lies from truth. That is what God is asking us. Rebuild back these walls. Because if these walls are not rebuilt, salvation or the nation or people can never be saved. The second thing is, of course, money. When money has no absolute value, work will lose its value. And not only that, God also showed me, when money is reduced to only a piece of paper, so will marriage. You know, have you heard this phrase? It's only a piece of paper lah. Why worry so much? You don't like the marriage, just get divorced. But we have forgotten God's gold standard for marriage is to make it a safe haven where families are brought up in a safe environment. And that is why God's in anguish. I saw many, many marriages going through a difficult time during COVID-19, all in turmoil. Why? Because everyone didn't know what is it? Why? What is the, what is the reason behind marriage? The next thing that happens is we also see racism, a rise of racism. What is racism all about? Racism exists when one race pictures himself against another as being more important. But why are we fighting about one race against the other? Because all the people have forgotten that they are made in the image of God. This is where it really hurts God. Because we have forgotten that when God made every human being, whether they are blacks, whether they are whites, whether they are yellow, whether they are whatever nationality, whatever is their job, whatever is their education, they are first of all made in the image of God. But when we lose that gold standard of who we are, so special to God, made in the image of God, a little bit lower than even the angels, when we lose that, we lose everything. And that's why we fight. We fight and we fight. That is what breaks God's heart. That's the passion that will fuel us to rebuild these walls around our lives again. This was the passion that fueled Nehemiah when he saw that Jerusalem and his standard of right and wrong could not, was not there. He decided he must go into action. And that is why when we think about passion, passion is what makes a vision and turns it into action. And when that happens, something changes in history. I really like this quotation by Lou Ingle. Lou Ingle spent a lot of time in the presence of God for many years. And during COVID-19, he came out after this 40 days fast and after Pentecost with this amazing statement. And let me read it to you. He said, There are moments in history when a door for massive change opens and great revolutions for good or evil spring up in the vacuum created by these openings. These are divine moments when key men and women and even entire generations risk everything to become the hinge of history, the pivotal point that determine which way the door will swing. Wow, let me bring this together. Nehemiah's season was a season of history. As he saw that 
the walls of Jerusalem, the standard of right and wrong, was broken from his nation. And he realized this was the moment to repair these walls. He had a decision to make. Either he takes this moment and, and turns history around, or he loses that moment. In the same way, COVID-19 has exposed a moment in history. This is the moment when all the time that you've come to know God, all the ups and downs that you've gone through in life, all the questions that you ask, why am I even living in this country at the moment? Why am I going through this moment of world history? Why is COVID-19 happening to me when I could have gone out to do other things, when my business could have gone this way or that way? We will never be able to understand and make sense of all this until we realize this is a moment when God is about to use you and to use me to become the a hinge of history. And this is a pivotal point of history. Now, let me go back to Nehemiah so that we can understand this word cohesion. Remember that Nehemiah had a vision what God wanted to do. He had a passion that God showed him, the anguish of God's heart, that the righteousness of the nation had fallen. And because of that, the nation could not be saved. And so he went into action. And his passion drew many people to be passionate about the vision. Now, what is cohesion then? As he drew all these people together. So let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 3, and we will read some verses from it. All right, just bear with me. Let's start with verse 1. Eliashib, the high priest, he and the other priests started to rebuild the sheep gate. So everybody say sheep gate. It's really important. And the high priest starts the work. But he was joined by other people. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hasana. They laid the beam, set up his boats, and indeed installed the boats and the bars. Then in verse 6, the old gate was built by Joeda. Let's move down. Verse 8, look at this. Uzil, son of uh, unpronounceable name, Hahaya, one of the goldsmiths repaired the next section. And Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to them. Someone asked me, must I read all those names? No lah, but imagine when you go to heaven, your name is also there. Okay. Raphael, son of Hur, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, was next to them on the wall. Then Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters, and the valley gate was repaired by the residents of Zona. Let's just stay there. Let's just stay there. It, it looks like this. In order to, for there to be cohesion, first of all, you need the priests to do their part. In other words, let's say the pastors. But the pastors alone cannot rebuild back the walls of Jerusalem. The pastors alone cannot restore the gold standard alone. Their job is just to share with you what they've learned and to bring you back into the sanctuary, bring you back to church and do as much as we can. But until the goldsmith and the perfume worker goes out there into the world, into a place where the pastors cannot do, and he begins to build back the gold standard, the value of work, the, even the real value of money, the real value of doing things which are right versus things which are wrong and rectifying injustices. When the goldsmith and the perfume workers, the people out in the marketplace, built their wall, and not only that, they're joined by mayors of cities. Wow, in Nehemiah 3, you see many mayors of cities doing that. Something changes. That means it's an important thing that some of our people who are out there, even in governments, even in important positions, looking after bigger responsibilities. They too need to repair 
and built back this value system of God, right and wrong, truth from error, families even, building back their family cohesion, understanding family life as they do that. And not only that, you also see not just perfume makers, not just goldsmiths, you also see mayors, but you also see sons and daughters. So even if you're a student, even if you're a child, you have a part to play. And the good news is this, during COVID-19, many children got excited about God during the 1010. And I have one good news for you. In August, when we do 40 days of prayer and fasting, we are going to have a children's altar because the children must also contribute to building up right and wrong, good from bad, value of one race against another. You are just as important to me and just as valuable to me as I am to God. You are valuable to God. Children can do that so well. And when we do that, the walls of the city are being built up. And I love this word, the residents. Who are the residents? The residents are just residents. In your taman, you may be a housewife. And you may say, how do I build up? Oh, yes, you do. You do. When you face these issues, human rights, don't fight for human rights. Find out that which God says is right and do it. It was so wonderful, right? During the whole lockdown, I heard of so many young families, actually, Pasalindi's district. They actually decided to do something that was right and a blessing. They decided for every grab food that they ordered, they ordered another grab food for the grab driver. That is doing something to build back cohesion into the city walls. That is why cohesion is really about everybody doing what is possible for them, their assignment. But the next part is also good. Where do you do it? In front of your house? Next to your house? With your neighbours? That is why the residents are important. So what is cohesion? Cohesion is when we fulfil our own assignment. I fulfill my assignment as a priest, as a pastor. You fulfill your assignment as in out in the marketplace. Those of you who are mothers, fathers, maintaining your marriage is an assignment from God. And when you maintain your marriage and your children maintain their understanding of God and you do your parenting and you become a neighbor to those around you, there is a mighty alignment. You don't even need to discuss this with each other. You just need to do your part, build that part of your wall. And God says there is cohesion. But you may say to me, what if I don't want to do it? Whatever it is, my friends, don't be like the people of the nobles of Tekoa who never put their hands to do this work. They will have lost this pivotal moment of history and they will have lost that they are part of what God is doing in world history at this season. But you know, you may say to me, how am I going to do this? I'm only a drop in a mighty ocean. How can I come against this standard of the world that has fallen? This is where the gates matter. You see, Jerusalem had 10 gates and they started by building the sheep gates. So look at this map that's in front of you, and there are 10 gates. So let me list all the 10 gates for you. The sheep gate, the fountain gate, uh, sorry, the fish gate, the uh, old gate, and then you have this other gate called the valley gate. The valley gate is really the lowest moments, right? The valleys. And dung gate is even worse. Our past catches up with us. But even as they built the dung gate, the valley gate, they now also built 
the fountain gate. And if you examine Nehemiah chapter 3, the most number of verses actually given to the fountain gate because the fountain gate is where waters of living waters gush out, gush out. And they go to the water gate, which is the Bible. And as they do that, they come into the east gate, the horse gate, and then the inspection gate and back to the sheep gate. What is this all about? It goes back to Jesus' verse, John chapter 10. I am the sheep of my gate. Whoever comes into this gate, they will hear my voice. So let me read it to you properly from John chapter 10, verse 7 to 10. I tell you the truth. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Do you know how we're going to have a satisfying life? We can only have a satisfying life when we begin to come back to God, come back to Jesus, and let Him restore our own lives first. The first is to restore our own lives, to make sense of our lives. Even as we see that, yeah, many of us are Christians, and begin to say, I practice all those standards. I was at the old gate, but look at my life. It's still a shatters. My marriage is in, 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 in shatters. I'm confused. But do you know something? The good news is this. Jesus is the sheep gate, all right? But there is a thief that's coming to rob and take away our life. And do you know something? If you only let the thief come in, you will have chaos. But when you let Jesus come in, you will have cohesion. What is cohesion? Cohesion is this. When I go through the valleys of disillusionment, disappointment, when I look at my baggage that I have of my past, but when I come to Jesus and I begin to draw strength from Him and I begin to spend time with Him and I let Him explain to me my life, I'm at the fountain gate. And when I read the Word of God, I'm at the water gate and the Word of God begins to show me how to restore back these lost years that the locusts have eaten. And not only that, as I spend time with God, I will be at the east gate where the King of glory, Jesus himself, comes and dwells with me, comes and explains the crisis of my life to me. And he restores me. He heals my broken hearted. He gives back purpose to my life. And when he gives back purpose to my life, that's when cohesion begins. You see, cohesion is about making sense of our lives. So let me share with you what I put together as cohesion. What does it mean? There must be cohesion. There will be cohesion when we let Jesus in. When all I've been through adds up to something bigger than myself, I've been born for such a time as this. Without cohesion is chaos. When we look at the world today, we see chaos. Some people are fighting for their rights. Just a face mask can be turned into a political issue. I don't understand that. Why? Because people, the walls have fallen. The gold standard has dropped. And so I'm, I can be confused, right? I can be drawn into the argument, right? But I need to say, hey, no. I've entered through the sheep gate. Jesus has given me make sense of my life. And as I do that, I'm alive at this moment of world history. Why am I alive? Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back and allow God to build back my life. Because when God builds back my life, I will build up the standards. I will build up the gold standards in my life. I will want to fight for my marriage. I want to stay in my marriage. 
I want to be the worker out there that will stand for right and wrong. I want to be the citizen that builds up the walls again. I want to look at my neighbors as someone made in the image of God. And when I do that, my whole life makes sense. You know, many of us think, including myself, actually, I ask myself, what actually can I do in the midst of so much confusion? When we hear all the news that's in the media, what on earth can I do? Actually, I'm only one drop in the mighty ocean. But that's when I'm reminded of Proverbs 23, verse 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Chaos. Chaos. When you can't see what God's doing, when you don't enter by the sheep gate, you can't see what God is doing. But when I enter by the sheep gate and I can see what God is doing, ah, then I will attend to what He reveals. We are most blessed. But above all, we become a pivotal point in history. Brothers and sisters, truly this is a season we want to become part of God's grand design. That is why I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, begin to say, why is my life so confusing? How can I make this confused, chaotic life come into coherence? Make sense of it. Surrender yourself to Jesus. Enter by the sheep gate. Let him wash over you. Let him be the fountain that refreshes you. Let his word give you back the gold standards. Let him again come in as the king of your heart. And you will find that it will make sense. You know, yes, it's true. We're only a tiny drop in a mighty ocean. But every drop of water makes the mighty ocean. So even as we close, we're going to worship with this song. This is my desire. Our desire is to offer our lives to Jesus, not because we're so able to offer, but because we want God to make sense of our lives. And I want to say this, I want to encourage as many of you to go into the online prayer group, prayer time, because I believe that you have lost your vision. So people are going to pray for you to give you back a vision. Without vision, you will be in chaos. You will be disillusioned. You need a vision of what God is doing in your life again. Can I pray for all of you? And even if you don't want to go into the chat room and the prayer online chat room, I pray you would join me in this prayer. So Heavenly Father, the Lord God Almighty that made us, you did not made us to be subject to the forces of chaos. We thank you so much that you're giving us a vision that will give us coherence in all that we're going through. You're going to help us see that our past is not just a mindless past. Our mistakes are not just disgraces that we are ashamed of. Put into your hands, it all comes back together. And we thank you. We have been born for such a time as this. And so Lord, we are willing, we want to surrender our lives to you. Our good times, our mistakes, our failures, our dreams, our hopes. And as we do that, we thank you so much. You are merely fitting us into this jigsaw puzzle and we become part of a pivotal point of world history. Lord, I declare, I don't want my life to be robbed of me. I don't want to be part of chaos. I want to be part 
of the cohesion of God that brings about a mighty change in my nation, in my generation, in my family, in my life. We give you thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have never received Jesus, you have never known Him as the shepherd of your soul, please stay on when we're going to show you how to pray so that God can come into your life and you will just be a significant part of God's grand design. God bless you. May you have a wonderful week. God bless you. Amen. Some of you may have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible tells us that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved and you will have eternal life. Today, if you want to receive Jesus, why don't you follow me in this prayer? Father God, I confess I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to die on the cross for my sins. He was buried and rose on the third day. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me and accepting me as your child. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen.